0: Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of The Bobo and Flex Show. My name is Bobo, and I'm your host, and I'm with the beautiful Flex, also known as Flex Mommy on the Internet. Today, we're talking about manifestation, careers, productivity, basically how to manifest your best lives. Advice from your favorite African aunties, Um, because so many of you ask us questions, (laughs) about our careers, how we get to do what we do. So we just want to talk broadly about what it is that we do, how we got to this place. Um, As a follow-up from our conversation about influencers, which I hope you enjoyed. But Flex, we were just talking right now about manifestation, and you were telling me that you feel like a lot of people have it twisted the idea of like asking for what you want well there's a specific quote that you just mentioned which was you don't get what you don't ask for yeah and and so yeah no please elaborate on what you were saying because it's actually bars
1: yeah it's a it's an interesting cliche like you know if you don't ask you don't get or whatever you want to call it but I was thinking that like the way that intersects with manifesting is that everybody is so convinced that they're doing the right thing in terms of asking like I'm asking you know all the right people I'm being proactive but no you're performing what it is to want to ask the right questions like you're having you know you're having um boyfriend problems but you go to your single friend who's never been in a relationship to give you advice you are having career problems um and you work in social media but you go to your 65 year old parents for career advice it's almost like you are performing what it is to reach out to somebody but not to the right people ever and wondering why you're not getting results so if we if we start with some hot tea um we call this the (laughs) do better let's start with the tea (laughs) (laughs) start doing shit with some intention you know like if you really want if you really really want an answer to a question start asking the right people and in the same vein stop assuming that people are the barrier to the thing you want like oh i asked flex how to be a dj and she didn't respond therefore i cannot be a dj Mm. wrong because after flex doesn't respond you can google yeah or google first you know what would be a perfect question for everyone? It's like, I don't understand how to ask you things if you're always, like, getting upset. A great question would be, hey, Flex, um, I want to be a DJ. I have no idea what it is to DJ or market myself, but I've done some Googling, and from what I found out, this, this, and this, does that match up with your experience? Great question. Right. Or if you said, hey, you know what? I'm trying to get into TV presenting, um... I've made my own YouTube channel. I post regularly. I just want advice on how to pitch myself to get my uh to start doing this for brands. Great question. Actually start before you start asking questions about how to do something. Yes. It's a waste of both and my time and your time not to.
0: I love that you say actually start because that is I think a lot of people also think manifestation is this like metaphysical thing. And like once you ask and you put it out into the universe, then it'll come back to you. But they forget that we also live in a three dimensional universe. So you have to actually do things. Like there's an action component to the process of manifestation. So you need to actually start with wherever you are, with whatever you have. So for me, an example of that, and like I'm right now in the middle of a career transition from fashion to TV hosting. Well, not TV hosting, but just being an interviewer because that's my favorite thing in the world to do. And so instead of me, like, calling BET and calling the OWN Network and, you know, all those things, because I grappled with this in the beginning. I was like, do I first need to get an agent and then an agent will get me in the door? Or do I need to first be like, hosting a show for broadly or something and that is a thing that almost happened or do i first so there's all these different things that i tried or thought about and then it hit me like maybe i should just actually just do whatever the fuck it is that i want to do like if i want to be a talk show host let me start my own talk show Mm -hmm. because i have youtube i have a camera i have audio equipment i have studios that i can use so i'll just start my own show absolutely And once you have your own thing and you go to people or people start reaching out to you, you already, because now I'm starting to like do, you know, interviews or like talk show stuff at events, but that's because I actually started with what I already had. You have to start, like, you have to just start doing that thing that you want to already, that you want to do. And you have to have the same energy and the same enthusiasm for it right now as you would when it's in your fully fledged form. You get what I'm saying? Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. So, like, if you want to be, if you want to make music, start making music in your room right now and have the same energy for that music that you're making in your room as you will when you're like a musician signed to a record label and you have your own studio you know what i mean just keep the same energy throughout the process and enjoy the journey
1: because you have to understand how dumb it looks and sounds when you go to somebody who's actively in a profession who's probably done years of training <laughs> to get there and you're coming up saying i haven't done any years of training i haven't done any research but i want to be where you are tell me how yeah like you've got to understand it's fundamentally just <laughs> stupid and i'm not even trying well, okay. to be shady at the at this moment but you have to understand it's not only stupid it's, how it's that it's, it's just disrespectful for you to invalidate somebody's career thus far saying oh it looks easy so it must be easy so let me just you know i essentially take a piece of the pie from you because you're not contributing anything you're just taking at that point and then monetize right, right. what you've already built on there's not so if you come
0: to me and you're like hey i'd love to do what you're doing how do i do it There's nothing that I can tell you about my journey that's really going to be helpful to you outside of the fact that because everyone's journey is so specific and so contextual. So it doesn't really help to ask someone to give you a step-by-step blueprint of how to get somewhere specific because there is no step-by-step blueprint. You just have to do it. like You actually just have to do it. And that's the tea. But, Flex, what are your... Like, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years?
1: Um, getting paid at least seven figures to be myself on a global scale. And whatever form I guess, that mm. takes, I'm happy with it. I think... I know I couldn't have, couldn't have visualised the career I have now or the access or resource I have now. And so mm. to essentially stifle my potential future by placing parameters on them that might not even need to be there is silly it's kind of the distinction you just made between video and uh, and tv you know like is it done to right. aspire to be on tv when the majority of our audience isn't on tv perhaps you know but maybe video is isn't where we want to be either maybe there's a whole different format that might evolve so i think exactly. for myself it's like being mindful of of the ingredients that make up The cake, like the ingredients are me, my experience, my candor, getting paid to do exactly that, calling the shots, being presented as myself. Those are all things that are priority to me. Where I do that is secondary to that fact.
0: Mm. Also, it sounds to me like you're intentionally being like broad Mm -hmm. so that you don't limit yourself by, like, yeah. And I think that's a question a lot of people have is is it more helpful to be specific with your goals and your dreams or should you just be broad so that you're open to all of the opportunities that life presents to you
1: I mean I can be broad because I have multiple skills <laughs> So and I think
0: <laughs> has that ever been anything that you're ah! self-conscious about because for me that's been one of my biggest insecurities What having skills Well, having multiple. I've always envied people. And I also have a lot of friends who are, like, excellent at one thing. Right. Like, I'll have a friend who's, like, an excellent singer-songwriter. And, like, that's what she... Like, music is what she does. And I'll have another friend, and she just makes music videos. And, like, that's... She's just excellent at it. And that's her craft. And that's what she does. And now fast forward to me. And I'm a multi-hyphenate. So I am... Not only am I multi-talented, but I'm also curious about so many things. Like, I have a lot of curiosities. And I don't want to be the type of person that's just dabbling in everything. But I now would like to be... I'd like to accept and, like, embrace the fact that I'm a multi-hyphenate. But also not be the type of person that's just, like, a dabbler, Mm. you know? So how do you like draw that line between these for me like as much yeah so i'm a talk show host but i'm also i also serve looks i also i also create visuals i'm also a set designer i'm also a photographer so it's about like honing in or like trying to create a career path with all of these different facets of yourself like how do you do that in a way that's cohesive
1: and in a way that works. I don't think it needs to be cohesive. I mean, what's the what is the consequence of dabbling? That you diversify your income stream, that you give yourself a chance to flourish in each career path, before you dedicate X amount of years to it and then fail. I just don't think that there's anything wrong with dabbling. I think what's wrong with it is how it's being communicated to people. Mm. It takes like the percentage of the world that's a master at one thing has to be like a minutia, it has to be such a small percentage that for all of us to aspire to be that is just a recipe for failure
0: right and it's right. almost
1: like if I had spent five years like so like if I had spent the five years I have DJing only DJing then would I have progressed in the way that I have now no it's the other things that fed into my career path of being on TV and also doing beauty that amplified and elevated DJing So one could argue that I wouldn't have been anywhere close to where I am now if I didn't do all of those things that work together in tandem to present me in a certain way.
0: Mm. I think for me, it's been the pressure of like fitting myself into a box that's easily marketable and digestible by people. So I've always had this fear that like, because I'm so many different things, it'll be hard for me to do anything because people always need to label you. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm starting to realize now. A friend of mine gave me a book about Leonardo da Vinci. Um, Basically, just his biography. And how he was, like, the ultimate renaissance man. Mm-hmm. Like, the ultimate multi-hyphenate. He was literally an architect, a painter, a visionary, a geologist, an engineer, a philosopher. And because he was all of those things, he flourished and he thrived. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting back into that energy because I think academia had me out here thinking that i needed to be one thing in order to flourish and so i'm curious about like what your experience with pressures to fit into a certain genre or a certain box like if you've ever had any of that
1: um you know (laughs)
0: <laughs> Love it. Well, I
1: just think that... She's like, I can't relate. No, but when, when I worked in PR and I was sure that was all I was going to do, yeah, there was pressure to just be the best PR, like, um, or be the best publicist I could be. And then when I right. became a DJ, all of a sudden there was both a DJ and a publicist. And both things were as important to me because one was established and one was flourishing. And then it's like the cycle and the chain continues. I think the frustration mm. for me is that I'm well aware that I will not con- I will not contribute the amount of hours necessary to be the best at one thing because there will right. always be somebody better than me. Somebody who did it first, did it longer is more skilled and more talented. So for me to aspire to that is to, for me to aspire to fail in some, like in the perception of others. And so it's like, so me clearly saying that like I'm in this cause I like it. I'm not trying to be the best or the first or the only, I just want to do it. And it's okay to do that and not, not have the rest of it. Because if I was only doing it to be the best, then I would have quit ages ago.
0: Oh, wow. I just want the
1: agency to do it all on my own terms. And I don't think you have that agency when you want to do one thing and be the best at it. You have to stick by the rules.
0: Wow, that's so real. Okay, so you were a publicist. Mm -hmm. And then you wanted to be a DJ. How did you decide between pursuing DJing as a career versus just doing it as a hobby? And in general, like, how does a bitch decide whether to do that?
1: I think the it decides for you. The only way, I, Ooh. yeah, the only way I could have really transitioned into DJing full time is when it made me just as much money, if not more, than working in a full time job. Like, I didn't just do it because I was like, a, I had a thirst for risk. That's dumb. I did it because I was like, oh, now I can feasibly not have a full time job because I make enough money to supplement that full time job right so for most people i know a lot of people have this rush to freelance freelance dumb as um you know just <laughs> to, to get away of, uh, to get out of a nine-to-five because it's causing them strife but if you realistically can't if you don't realistically have another income stream then i wouldn't recommend changing a career path like don't make the choice yeah. out of preference make it <laughs> out of um make a smart choice make a logical choice yeah yeah
0: i'd agree with that I did this, I've had a billion trillion jobs. Mm. I used to be an accountant. I used to be a media planner. I used to work in beauty. I was an operations management person. I've done all the jobs. And there was a point where I tried to transition into being a freelancer full-time and I failed. So I went back to work. Mm. And only when I was like, you know what? For me, it wasn't actually at the point where I was making enough money, but I could see that, In about three months' time, I think I'll be making enough money. And I was also in school at that time. So it just made sense to only be able to do two things as opposed to three. And I chose photography and school Mm. instead of photography, school, full-time job, you know?
1: That's fair. And I also think, granted, it's almost less about making sure that you have enough money to supplement the job that you lost... But also just financial financial security generally, because that is the hardest thing about being a freelancer. So I had enough money to supplement the first job, but I also had savings. So for me, the worst case Mm. scenario was eliminated, because the worst case scenario for me is that I'd be broke. And I had the money, so I was like, okay, now I have the money, I just can focus on what I actually like to do. And for me, I like to DJ. If i had figured out that i liked an office life more i would have stayed doing that so it's almost like really being realistic and and identifying that freelancing is just another job with more bosses that you like yeah you have more bosses. more bosses you have less fam. time for yourself everything you do is a reflection of you and you might think oh i have that now no if you work in an office everything you do is a reflection of the company so if you Ooh. show up and you don't do anything or you do a lot the clients that you work with, the people you work for, think that the company made you that way. Or like your work ethic shit because your team is shit and the team's part of the company. Very few things fall on you as an individual. And if they yeah. do, somebody will take the onus away from you and onto them. Oh, sorry, I didn't manage them very well. Oh, sorry, I sent you that email. It was my fault. There's always a shift of blame. When you're a freelancer, everything is your fault. Oh, yeah. You've got to also understand that when you're <laughs> in a nine-to-five or any traditional form of work... You get paid to be there. Like, no matter what you do within that confinement of that job, you're getting paid to be there. Whereas a freelancer, I have a ton of unpaid conversations. Every fucking person I talk to <laughs> is getting paid to talk to me. And meanwhile, I'm here being like, oh, gotta pay my rent, but let me just have this unpaid conversation for the next six days in right. hopes so that it'll pay it. You got to be very aware, like there's not a constant stream of income unless you diversify your income streams. And most people can't monetize more than one thing because you don't have the skill set. Wow. So how do you deal? (laughs) It's just not for you. Like, it's that simple. I wish there was an easy way to be like, everyone can come hang. Freelancing is inclusive. Anyone can get it. But realistically, if you can't make the money to survive, then keep your freelancing dream a hobby and don't monetize it
0: but also i think we need to destigmatize or like take off the veil of glamour mm. on like being an entrepreneur yeah because i think the reason that a lot of people are pursuing it is not because they love this thing no i think it's because of the pursuit of the illusion of freedom yes. that being an entrepreneur Success, brings access, but the reality is that actually i had a lot more time when i was when i was in a 9 to 5 So if it's more time that you're looking for, probably stay in a nine to five.
1: Even more money. Like now I make a lot more money than I did when I was in a full-time job, but I'm actually quite good at what I do as like for a career. Most people who are DJs and presenters and influencers can't monetize it like I can monetize it. And the only reason why I have these skills is one, because I'm good at what I do. But number two, because I worked in an office job and it taught me like business management yeah like i couldn't do any thing. Of this without business management skills pr skills social digital skills marketing skills like it's all it all worked in tandem with one another
0: and these are the things we don't talk about mm-hmm. yeah all of the 10 billion trillion jobs that i did yeah. of like being an accountant being an operator being a media planner like i was on the back end of a lot of the things that i'm doing now yeah. and so i understand it a lot more but also the time that you have after work also like during school during college I had no social life um, because I just decided to dedicate any time that like I wasn't studying to just my craft Mm -hmm. and so by the time that I graduated I wasn't too far off from monetizing but it took me like three years to to get a single check and that check was like $25 Mm -hmm. I just think like (laughs) It's just not a glamorous path, but it is fulfilling once you're on it. And right now that I'm switching from one path to the next, I'm making so much less money right now than I was like a year ago. Mm. And that's another adjustment that you have to make because I'm intentionally not doing as much influencer stuff because I want to focus more on like my future career path Mm -hmm. as like set designer, film director, director, Um, talk show host, all those things. And so these are all things that you just have to think about. Like, it's just not, like, a glamorous, you know?
1: Just start thinking generally. You know, I think a lot of people think that the transition from their current space to their next space is a one-step process. Like, I'm just going to quit and have a new job. And it's like, realistically, what is it that you're looking for? Because you'll find that the dissatisfaction follows you around every job you have if you don't... If you aren't clearly aware of your motivations or the barriers to what makes you happy. So if you constantly need to be validated by someone, don't go to a competitive workplace. Nobody's going to do that shit for you. Like... If you want a very <laughs> fair work-life balance, maybe don't go work at a startup where everybody's giving, like, their, like, fucking neck and dick to be somewhere. Like, maybe don't go there. You know, if right. you want to be somewhere where you're trusted for not only your output, but your input, don't Fact. go to a corporation. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's one of these things that I don't think a lot of people are having the critical discussions with themselves they're just very aware of the perception of what things look like. Like, oh, you know, Ooh. I really would love to be at the cool parties. So I'll be a DJ, cc eleven. me. Like, yeah. it's, it's not like if you aren't really aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it, then everything that comes after it is flawed.
0: Oh, absolutely. I just, and yeah, I just don't think a lot of
1: people have the range to actually freelance properly. I just don't think so.
0: Yeah, I also think and this is a mistake that I made. I deluded myself into thinking that I want to work in fashion. Mm. But in reality, what I wanted was the lifestyle of being cute all the time, having lots of attention mm-hmm. and making money off of something that I'm just naturally like good at. But in reality, that's not actually what I want. So now I'm at a point where I'm realizing that being cute um, isn't really fulfilling for me. Yeah. And so <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's cool. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's it's cool. It's cool. But it's just not really fulfilling for me. And so I spent years pursuing this path because I didn't think critically at my young age of like 16, 17, 18, whatever. I didn't think critically or have enough self-awareness to know exactly what it is that I want. Um, And so now I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, that was a complete delusion. And really what I'm looking for is meaning and fulfillment. And so like, how can I create that in my life and career right now so yeah think critically about all that shit too the shit matters it
1: does i've got a question for you um that i think you have a good answer for so Mm. for me i have the frustration i had with myself maybe like two years ago is that i have this knack of turning everything i like doing into an income stream because i know how to So, you know, I like music, I'll become a DJ, I like talking um, and being recorded, I'll become a TV presenter, I like beauty, so I'll become a beauty influencer, and then I had to figure out that not all things need to be commodified in that way, and so I think a lot of people realise that, like, a lot of people who are in jobs at the moment and dislike them are kind of, like, okay, what's the line between having a job that you love and then realising that work isn't a hobby and you don't have to love something to do it? And in then in, on the flip side, stop turning everything you love into work.
0: Yes, <laughs> I have the same thing. I do exactly the same thing. And I think I am naturally an entrepreneur. I also went to business school for years and years and years. Um, my mom's an entrepreneur. So it just sort of runs in the family. So I have the same knack of like turning monetizing I think like I'm good at making money but also what I also realize is that once you turn the thing that you love into a job it can very quickly not be a thing that you love and so I love pulling looks and looking cute but once I have to do that every day it takes the joy and the bliss Out of, like, having that as a form of Mm self-expression. And so you have to decide whether it is... Do you have to decide what you want to prioritize? Like, do you want to prioritize your joy and your bliss? Or do you want to prioritize your income stream? And um, at some point... Money just stops becoming the most important thing. And don't get me twisted, I'm not one of these like anti capitalist hoes who are like, No, I wanna be broke because <laughs> that's like the moral thing to do. <laughs> Capitalism is trash, but I'm I'm not here to be broke. I'm not
1: trying to distribute my
0: so, own wealth. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> are we trash yeah, for this? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm all for wealth distribution, but I also don't think it's an either or. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people think, like, money is the root of all evil. And if you make money, then you must be evil. But I also think, like, that's such a binary way of thinking. And generally, if you're making money, it's probably because you're adding value. And it also gives you more... Like access to different ways of adding value to humanity. Um, so I'm not one of those hoes, but like at some point you have to. You some point you realize that like money is not actually the most important thing in the world. It's cool, but it's I don't prioritize it over my bliss anymore, mm-hmm. and that's how I decide whether or not to monetize something.
1: So do you think? so for the average person watching who may be in like a traditional form of working yeah are you of the belief that work needs to be fun because i know a lot of millennials like i don't feel gratified it's not fun like i hate being like a cog in the machine but do you think all people have the agency to not have that experience like do you just work because you have to or should it fulfill you in some way i used
0: to be the person that Used to think your work must be your passion, or else you'll be depressed. <laughs> but now I think I think for me, my work must be fulfilling, or else I probably will be depressed. Um, but that's because I like I don't plan on like having a big family and eventually having kids. I just want to like contribute to humanity and and then die. And so it depends on like who you are and what you want to do. I think if you are the type of person that wants to get married and wants to prioritize your family, then maybe your fun and your bliss can come from that, as opposed to your work. Because I also think like sometimes it's just not that deep. I think like sometimes your work can be the thing that is fueling your bliss and your fun. Let
1: that you know. Be the truth. What do you think?
0: Yeah. I mean, I
1: agree. I don't I... think
0: like it's for everyone. Like not. Entrepreneurship for everyone. Not every day. Not every day
1: entrepreneurship.
0: (laughs) That has, literally. Not every day
1: entrepreneurship. I also think that...
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com
1: people view their current situation from the lens of somebody else's situation so bobo and flex are Mm. doing the freelancing why can't i have and sure why can't you have but realistically how are you going to get there Let's talk about that first before we talk about critically mm. what's wrong with your current state. So I think a lot of people would find they'll be, would find that they are much more satisfied with their job situation when they're not measuring it against somebody else's. Your office job is Ooh. fine. It just feels like it's not great because your office job doesn't take you to Bali. It doesn't take you to America. But you, you're, you right. have good the friends there. Like you know, the office culture is fine. You don't feel manipulated. What's wrong with that? To be really realistic, real. when you are judging your work situation, be mindful. Am I really frustrated that my work situation is trash? Do I feel like I'm not valued? Is my input and output secondary to you know how much I like my own morale? Or mm. is the job fine, and I'm just so deep in the Instagram hole that I can't tell? Ooh. <laughs> or
0: and more than that, to add on to that, are you pursuing a dream that is your own? Mm. Because I think a lot of us are pursuing dreams that just aren't ours or that were given to us by other people.
1: Literally.
0: Or that we see on Instagram and we take them on as our own. I literally... Because it's so uh, yeah. easy Fuck. to delude yourself into thinking you want something when in reality you want the illusion, you want the highlight reel of what that thing is. But how often do people actually sit with themselves and ask themselves, like, what do I actually want, though? Yeah, It's
1: fucked. The only reason I started doing beauty influencing was because somebody in the industry said... um, it'd be far too hard for somebody who's a person of colour in Australia to tap into an industry that's majority white. Like, we're not in America. We don't have, like, equal parts, um, like, people of colour in positions of, uh, positions in media. Like, they're not faces that people are used to seeing. And I was like, I refuse to believe that's true. And so I literally just did it in spite of that person. And then fucking wow. six months goes by, I'm talking about lipstick all day. Like, this is not what I signed up to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> the point has been proven, Lil. You can go and mind your business now.
0: You know what I find myself, and, and I've now now I'm really critical about the things that I say yes to. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I would say yes to things because they look great on the outside. Like hi, we'd love you to direct this movie. And I'd say yes to that because they look great on the outside without really thinking critically about what that entails. Mm -hmm. And so you say yes to something and then you get to doing it and you're like, oh shit, like I really have to do this. (laughs) Like I. So it's really important to really be intentional about the things that you say. Don't just say yes to things because they seem cool. Mm -hmm like really have an intention and orient your decisions around that intention. Also I have a question for you on that. Do you believe that everyone will eventually realize their dreams?
1: No. I think the I, Why I just no? think the like I think a lot of people are quite happy to think that their place on earth is without purpose. Not that it doesn't have value. It's just without purpose. So I think the idea of dreaming for a lot of people is not something that they inherently want to do. I think a lot of people have the pressure. Because mean? I think part of like the capitalist cycle is the only way that we find value in ourselves is if we're contributing value to the greater society. And so we pretend that we have right. dreams, we have aspirations. But I don't think a lot of people actually do. And that's why everyone struggles with, I don't know, like, what to study in uni. I don't know if I really want to do this. Because you don't actually, you're just performing what it is to, <laughs> to want and to succeed. I'm crying. Drag me. You know,
0: like, I... This was my life until, like, a few months ago. <laughs>
1: this talk about, like, uh, how do I find my dream and passion? If you haven't found it, you probably don't have one. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> not that deep. And I don't think you should have to have one.
0: <laughs> a dream or a passion no, like what for
1: if that, wait do you if think aspiring that, for a wow. dream and a passion is going to cause you more agony than not then what's like it's fine don't worry about it like who are you trying well, is to it benefit
0: that, <laughs> is it that not everyone has a dream or a passion or is it that we don't have the tools in society that cultivate enough self-awareness for people to have to know what their dreams and passions are i mean are? it's
1: chicken and egg you know mm. if i didn't have if i didn't like if i didn't transition from like pr to dj and have such a successful time then i wouldn't have had the agency to even understand that i could challenge my existence it's almost like people need like the hot tip they need like the first win to get the future win and so so do you believe easily been complacent and been like oh i'll just do this and like be really good at this and then i don't know like start an agency and i don't know like whatever yeah but i just think like we need to also start acknowledging that your dreams and passions don't have to be in line with your income stream you're allowed to right. want for things outside of your work and every like i think that's why people get it twisted it's kind of like how do i find a job that pays me really well is geographically geographically convenient that has a great perception that also changes the world and blah 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 and it's like, those are a lot of things to to like consider to have all at we're just once. talking about yeah. how you can pay your bills and go on holidays every now and then you know like <laughs> So trying to monetize. Well, okay,
0: this idea, like this, the American dream, Mm. that you can have it all. You can have your dream. You can have your big family. You can have your your mansion. You can have the millions of dollars. You can have your dream job. You can have the life that you've always wanted and beauty and all those. Do you believe that you really can have it
1: all? No, I don't think everyone. Or is that just an illusion? Like wow. Like look at society as it stands. If that were the case, then we would all be having it all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what are you compromising at the moment? Um, to have the things that you have? What are some of the things you're compromising? Things I actually
1: on? care about? Like I do a ton of things I don't care about for money. Mm. And I don't want to do that, but that's not my business when I wanna buy nice things and go nice places. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do a lot of that. Like, I compromise on uh, my preferences. I compromise. I used to compromise a lot of my belief system just for money. Oh, you know, like working with companies that were using me as like an inclusivity tool. I'm like, that's fine. Right, I don't mind. Um, Or you know, be feeling obligated to do things for the benefit of other people. Like somebody's like, it'd really help us out if you would do this thing and break your back for our benefit. (laughs) <laughs> or it'd really help us out if we didn't pay you anything for this coverage, but we used your image um, on our social profiles and put 20000 dollars worth of advertising towards it. It'd really help us out. Um, Imagine. You know, so it's things like that, you know, but I don't I don't fuck with that. I don't I don't try not to do things out of obligation anymore because I'm very mindful that again, life is transactional and that if I'm going to quote unquote sacrifice something for you, then I want an in. Like these days when people are like, hey, we want to interview you or like I had someone who's like, oh, I want to um, I want to interview you. Can you come to my studio space? That's like fucking 40 minutes away. I was like, great. Do you want to cover the Uber? Because if you're going to monetize and capitalize off my story, then why am I paying for that experience? Is this charity? Yeah. But I think it's naturally like not everybody has the agency to have those conversations because not everybody has value to give. Most people will say that and they'll be like, oh, don't worry, we won't work with you. You know, wow. I like. I have to really, like, really almost clarify that being turbo and moving through the world and not doing things out of obligation and asking for your worth is a step by step process. You can't just do that tomorrow when you're working at like the bakery, talking about I don't want to pack bread anymore. I want to own the business. <laughs> so, like there are, there are levels to it. And here's the thing.
0: Um... This is also... I love that you brought that up. Because this is also what's deterred me from the influencer industry. Is that it's... At least in America, there's so many influencers. And because there's no, like... There's no standard. Like, no one really knows what other people are charging. So, as much as you know what you're worth, someone can easily be like, Okay, no, fine, never mind, it's cool. I'll go work with someone Mm -hmm. else. And... You also have to be mindful of like industries in that way when you're entering them. So like if you're going to be a freelance, I don't know, influencer, you just to a certain extent are going to be lowballed because just because of the nature of the industry, you know? And so you just have to decide, like, to what extent am I willing to put up with that or not?
1: Yeah, the currency of your value is not universal.
0: Right. Like, we
1: can put our narratives on a pedestal in certain communities and not do it in other communities. So it's one of those things where you need to have an ego but humble it every second hour because you are replaceable. Everybody's replaceable. And that's why I go back to the whole idea that you need to... I guess unpack whether or not your job needs to be the source of your happiness as well. Like those two don't always need to be mutually exclusive. Like maybe you can go to a shit fight job 30 hours a week and then spend the rest of your time doing something you love. Maybe that's the balance that is awarded to you because the alternative isn't for you. And we all do that in very small ways, you know, like DJing used to be like my favorite thing in the whole wide world and now it's not, but it also is, it's the foundation for my being. Without that career, I wouldn't have done any of this as quickly as I have. It's given me access to resource, money, experience, contacts, networks. So I still do it. Right. <laughs> but in a dream world, I wouldn't have to. I just get paid, you know, at least 8 billion to do this podcast. I know. We don't, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we're get, get there. We're getting there. We're getting there. But I want to talk to you quickly about this concept that somebody sent me yesterday via DMs. Um, mm. It's a Japanese concept, concept, sorry, and it's called ikigai, and that translates loosely to a reason for being. And it's a process oh, that people yeah. encourage you to take when you want to indicate the source of value in your life or the things that make your life worthwhile. Essentially, right. you know, figuring out what it is, um, what's the thing that makes you wake up in the morning. And it's super interesting because when you have to, like, think about that like what do I actually wake up for like what what wakes me up what gives me value why do I care about anything you very quickly come to the conclusion that you don't know why you do anything you just kind of do it because it's been done before you and it says like you forget your free will yeah Mm -hmm. and so you know I was looking at I was looking at how to kind of implement this in my day-to-day and somebody says that you know icky guy guys the cross-section of these four elements it's what you love, what the world needs, what you are good at, and what you can get paid for. Hold on, that's my mm. doorbell, so I'm going to quickly answer that, and I'll, I'll come okay. back. Okay. Give me one no second. No worries. Okay, I've returned. Is she back? She's back. Did
0: you say hi to your your side, your side nigga? Yeah.
1: They get needy sometimes. You just got to let them know, <laughs> like I'm working. Auntie loves me <laughs> too. Um, okay, but... So, let's talk about this concept. Ikigai. Of ikigai.
0: Yeah, love so it. So,
1: essentially, like I said before, it is the reason you jump out of bed each morning. And it's important that you understand mm. what this is because as soon as you do, then you know what your barriers for success are. Or you know, at least you know, you know what motivates you at the very least. So... Yeah. <clears throat> sorry. I was looking at how I can actually, you know, figure out what my ikigai is.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And this
1: person says that it's the convergence or the amalgamation of these four elements. So it's what you love, what the world needs, what you are good at, and what you can get paid for. Mm. Do you see the distinction between those four things? We're all trying, <laughs> we're trying to make our job all those things. What we love, what the world can needs, we what we're good at, and what we can get paid for. Like, they, don't all need to be, they don't all need to intersect in that way. Mm. And as soon as you figure out that what you can get paid for is your, jo- is your job then what you are good at can be something else. That's your vocation, you know? What the world needs can be something else outside of your job and your vocation. What you love doesn't need to be your mission for the world or your vocation or your profession.
0: But my argument there is that your job takes up so much of your day and your mental space. Mm That it should at least, at the very least, not be something that's torturing you.
1: At the very least, but torturing and being the reason you get out of bed—those are two extreme things.
0: Okay, I see what you mean. You know what I, I mean? See what like, you mean. I'm
1: not saying that you should stay in a job that's literally breaking your back, but in the same vein, like, <laughs> yeah. If your job is the only reason you have to get out of bed each day, something is up.
0: Wow, like, you have got to find
1: a passion point. You, elsewhere. That is
0: a. That is a drag. So for me, I've been struggling with this a lot uh, recently. So last year, when I realized that being cute isn't fulfilling, <laughs> I spiraled into. <laughs> can you imagine that my big age? I spiraled into an existential crisis, which catapulted me into yeah my quarter life crisis right now. Um, which is trying to figure out what it is that I'm really here too because I don't want to feel like a useless piece of shit like I don't want to just be taking up space and oxygen Mm -hmm. but also don't want to be a broke bitch Mm -hmm. like I also want to make money and so something that I've been doing very often is thinking about my own mortality Mm -hmm. because that very quickly gets me back into formation when I think about the fact that Death is upon us, death is upon me, and every, every so often, which for me currently is every day, I like to ask myself, why should I not kill myself?
1: Are you literally Ricky Gervais? Like, do you star <laughs> in the Netflix hit TV series, Afterlife?
0: <laughs> I just started watching it oh today, <laughs> literally just started watching it i literally just put it on my story because i'm like this is me (laughs) this is me i I, because i think it's so important though like to really ask yourself why should i not kill myself because it's important that you actively choose to live as opposed to just living by default Mm. and i think that a lot of us are just living by default because like, opting out of death, opting out of life would be rude. Like, you'd, you'd be hurting it so It would many be people. rude! <laughs>
1: Literally. Oh, my God.
0: And I just don't think this is a practical way of existing. I think a lot of us have to be facing our mortality more often. And a lot of us need to be thinking about death more often in order to really realize, like, what can we do while we're here And how can we make the most of it so that we don't completely waste our entire existence? But
1: also it goes back to this preoccupation with wasted time. There's no such thing. Like how much time do you allowed to be on this earth? It could be one day. It could be 10 days. But if you aren't living with intention, it doesn't matter how much time you have. And that goes to this question I was asking in my story yesterday, that if you can find out the cause of your death and the time of your death, would you want to know? And so many people were saying that they didn't want to know because it would it would affect that's the way so that they're crazy living. To me. But I could guarantee you're not living with intent anyway, bitch. <laughs> like <laughs> Just, you don't know when you that's could guarantee exactly why still you're being a bum. <laughs> like
0: still this is... <laughs> You see, this just proves my point exactly. The reason why so many of us are just not living with intention, and so many of us are not happy, is because we are not facing our own mortality. We're running away from our own mortality. If you really came to terms with the fact that you are dying soon, and you're right, you are running out of time because death is upon you. You would, if you knew today that you were dying next week, that you had eight days to live, would that not change how you how you make decisions just on a day-to-day basis? Would that not change how you use your time and how you spend your energy and the people that you engage with?
1: And this is where you all answer in your own time at home. And it should. <laughs> Basically. I was asking this question last week when I was at MTV. I was telling, to pe- I was telling people it was a Tuesday and I said, if you knew that you were going to die on Sunday, like that was it for you, like yeah. death has become of you, would you do heroin? And the amount of people who <laughs> said no, I was like, what is this? I can't believe it. What do you I mean? I can't believe it. The greatest, like objectively the greatest high in the world and you don't want to do it because of what, the perception of potentially getting addicted? Uh, it like, like, You're going to die and you still won't choose to live. A bit.
0: <laughs> this is this is what kills me, though, is that people, people refuse to face their mortality because they know that they're not living their own lives. Yeah so many people know that they're living on behalf of other people you're doing a job that your mother forced you into you're doing a job because it looks cool on the outside but internally you are dying bitch like (laughs) you refuse to opt out of this job that you hate because you want to keep up appearances for people you don't even care about because you haven't faced your own mortality if you knew that tomorrow was your last day on this planet you would 100% regret the fact that you are not living with intention yeah so uh, more of a more people just need to just be thinking and talking about death
1: it's very and good choosing
0: life as opposed to opting out of suicide
1: and if you want any questions on how to do that then there's a such thing as a death doula people that guide you Ooh. through the concept of what it is to die um so google it it's on youtube
0: <laughs> i love that um, well i want to ask you flex yes yeah. um if you knew you were dying in seven days, how would you change your life?
1: Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have any commitments. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't go to work. I wouldn't be forced to have any <laughs> friendships. I would just like. I would actually leave the house and just enjoy like living. <laughs> like I've been saying for years, or maybe like maybe eight like eight months that there's this park next to my house that I really want to go to, but I always forget to do it, or I just don't want to prioritize taking an hour out of my day to go to a park. If I knew I was dying, I would do it. Simple things. Simple
0: things. This is the shit I'm not doing. Yeah. Is postponing my happiness. Yeah. Absolutely not doing it. You need to realize that you actually, we don't have any time here at all. And you don't have time to postpone any of your happiness. I was like in a park the other day, actually. Um, I went to go get ice cream with a friend because she was feeling sad. Mm. And as we were just sitting there, eating ice cream, vegan ice cream, this old woman with her dog comes along and just starts telling us about, like, how her son died and that she's always wanted to go... Her son lived in Australia, and she always wanted to go visit him, but she just never really made the time. And then he died. Yeah. And then from that experience, she learned that, like, you literally cannot postpone anything Mm -hmm. because we are just not... like. Life is not guaranteed, bitch. Like, you cannot postpone anything. You need to get eaten out right now. Yeah. You need to go do heroin. Okay, don't, don't do heroin Yeah, I now. mean, that,
1: that's an extreme one. But find your, yeah. find your, but you know your small I mean? fry heroin. <laughs> like, maybe it's not a drug for you. Maybe it's learning. Maybe go read a book. Maybe that's your heroin. Literally. Maybe go watch a movie alone. Okay? Maybe you stop drinking dumb bitch juice. Level up. You know, drink some adult dumb bitch juice. <laughs> yeah, and make some adult and that's mistakes. Another, get a loan. I think a, <laughs> literally, get a, credit literally, card, <laughs> get a mortgage.
0: <laughs> get your entire life, because as soon as you realize that, like, you're dying soon, you you just don't have time to postpone mm. anything, and you you suddenly are reminded of your free will that a lot of us don't. A lot of us forget that, like, at any moment, you are one choice away from being a completely different bitch. Wow. So at any moment, you could literally stop doing everything right now and just become a jazz pianist. But we don't do that because we delude ourselves into thinking that we have no choice but to do the thing that we're doing right now. And then we complain about being unhappy. Mm. Bitch, what the fuck, though? And we
1: also have this, um, this knack of catastrophizing everything. That the narrative mm. we make up in our head about a consequence of our action is going to be far worse than the reality. And honestly, it's re- it rarely is. Like, people don't care for you like you care for you. People aren't thinking about you like you're thinking about you. And so if it's somebody else's perception Literally. of your situation that is, um, that is stopping you from being, then you probably need to stop that sooner than later. So, yeah, stop catastrophizing. Um, It's a thing that we all do. Everybody does it. Everybody isn't aware that they do it. Um, And a a few ways to stop it is, like, stop being so exaggerative. Like, we need to stop saying that I'm actually dead. I'm actually yelling. This guy's actually trying to kill me. This guy's actually (laughs) purposely wasting my time. Like, stop conflating the past or the present or the future. Nothing is that deep. It's all a bit of fun. Nothing. You could get run over tomorrow. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, wow.
0: We've been getting real existential these days. Mm.
1: And I think the last thing uh, I want to finish on, not before the yeah, like, this is the last point I'll make, is that I yeah. feel like when we're talking about career or just goal setting, I believe that most people have a fear of success as opposed to a fear of failure.
0: And just I say about this it. because so about a lot of people
1: are always like, oh, I don't want to ask for that raise. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to tell that person I'm interested. I don't want to go on that holiday because I'm scared that something will go wrong. I'm scared that they'll reject me, that they'll abandon me, that they'll tell me I'm not good enough. And it's like the likeliness of that happening is so low because it goes back to catastrophizing. Nobody wants to make you feel bad. But my concern is that people think that if they succeed once, that it was a fluke and to do it again will be far too hard. You know, so it's like, oh my God, like that last relationship was so good. I'll never have another one like that. Or like, oh my God, but my relationship with my boss is so good. I'll never find a better job. And so you're so scared of what it it takes to, to elevate that you start to tell yourself or delude yourself into thinking that failure is your portion and failure is what you should be fearful of as if success isn't the thing that you don't have that you're afraid of. So I challenge wow. you, think about these things that you don't have that you want and really tell yourself, are you scared that you can't achieve them or are you scared of the reality of what it takes to achieve something? The hours you've got to put I'm in, the things you need to sacrifice. Screaming. Let me know. Let me know. Drag every every is single here to one drag of you. Everyone by their hair
0: follicles. Look,
1: you thought Auntie was chill. Now I'm here to hurt your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is so real. The fear of success. Mm-hmm. The fear of fucking success. We all have it. Wow. I actually don't think I do have it, but I think it's, I, I think that it's, it's also tied to like imposter syndrome a little mm. bit, but wow, that was I a mean, know. I think I
1: fear success because I just don't like working that hard and I feel like really inherently successful people work so hard all the time. And they never stop yeah and i oh, just I don't want to get to that point where i am my work my work is me like i've been there on a small scale and now i lead a life of leisure and pleasure and satisfaction and i really like it and i'm trying to figure out how about how i can scale it up small 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 as opposed to going full deep corporation type bitch who has no time for herself or anything she likes oh i see what it's you not mean. a life worth living to me so i'm scared of succeeding because like yeah it's gonna oh be trash
0: I think I'm sort of the opposite where, like, right now I'm feeling so insecure because I have more time than I've ever had before. Mm. And, like, I, I feel most secure when I'm, like, almost working myself into oblivion. Mm. And it's, it's a little toxic because I'm trying to get used to pleasure, um, which is, like, small things. Like, today I'm going to not work. Or, like, today I'm gonna go get ice cream mm. instead of responding to a million emails, and it's like I think I'm the opposite. That I, as soon as I'm chilling or like enjoying myself, I'm like, wow, this is how you're about to spiral into failure, <laughs> this is how you're about to be a bum bitch. <laughs> so, I think, yeah, we both need to like find our balance, absolutely. So, yeah, on that note, this has been such a good episode um on manifestation on getting your dream career on living your best life basically it was mostly a drag but just (laughs) just some hearts just some hard pills some hard truths but it's all it's all love it's honestly all love so on that note don't forget to subscribe don't forget to follow us on itunes spotify and soundcloud give us a five star review And write us a nice review on Apple Music because it helps us make more content and it'll help us create our first world tour, our first live event, so we can see you all in the flesh. So again, thank you for listening and follow us on Instagram at Bobo and Flex and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.